I can picture the boys over there, making plenty of noise over there. Welcome to episode 14 of Fred Talks. I'm Captain Joel Hood, Marine Corps representative in the Center for Law and Military Operations, or CLAMO. We have the great pleasure of talking about Mr. Fred Bork's book, Judge Advocates in the Great War, here in Season 3. Our discussion today is based on Chapter 4, Judge Advocates in the American Expeditionary Forces, North Russia and Siberia. That sounds cold and miserable to me, Mr. Bork, and I seem to recall something about a revolution happening during the war. Was this all really about World War One? In North Russian Siberia, or was the AAF there to support the White Army against the Bolsheviks? Well, uh, Captain Hood, good questions, and, and I will address them, uh, and let me answer it this way. So I, I said in our last Fred talk that there were about 2 million doughboys, Americans in uniform, in France. About the same time, there were about 15,500 troops in Archangel, North Russia, and Vladivostok, Siberia. Uh, That's the total numbers. The 8th Division was in uh, Siberia, and there were about 5,000 men in North Russia around Archangel and Murmansk. Originally, when Russia made peace with Germany in World War I, the Allies were afraid that a lot of equipment, a lot of materiel that had been shipped to North Russia would fall into the hands of the Germans or perhaps fall into the hands of the Bolsheviks. So the honest answer is probably at the beginning it was all about keeping these logistical supplies from falling into the wrong hands, but it soon becomes an issue of, hey, maybe if we stay here in North Russia, Uh, We might get some anti-Bolshevik forces to be victorious, and maybe Russia will again enter the war against Germany. Uh, That didn't happen, and in the case of North Russia, uh, at some point we're in an open conflict with the Bolsheviks. Out in Siberia, a little bit different. There are um, some Czech soldiers out there, a Czech legion, They had originally been fighting for Imperial Russia, but after Russia makes peace with the Germans, the Czechs are no longer willing to have anything to do with the Russians, who are now the Bolsheviks, and as a result, uh, what are we going to do with these Czechs out here? Well, the hope is that perhaps a white Russian or an anti-Bolshevik force will um, come out and perhaps... Uh, fight with the Czechs against the Bolsheviks. None of this really happened. As we know in history, the Bolsheviks, the Red Army, is ultimately uh, triumphant. But at least for a time, there are American troops in Archangel, North Russia, and in Siberia. And they are there when the fighting stops in November 1918. They're in uh, Murmansk until uh, June of 1919. And they're in Siberia until June of 1920. Well past the end of the war. Yes. I think you mentioned earlier that there were dedicated judge advocates. In fact, in our previous episode, that there were judge advocates in North Russia and Murmansk. What did their work entail? Well, that's right. The American Expeditionary Force, North Russia, had one judge advocate assigned to it. Uh, And initially, this was a a man by the name of uh, Thurston. 
and uh, he is the uh, Edward Thurston. He's the lone judge advocate. And out in Siberia, uh, there's a major by the name of Albert Galen. Uh, what are they doing? Well, lots of criminal law, uh, advising commanders on the propriety of courts martial. Uh, there was some administrative law, uh, some law of war, treatment of enemy prisoners and detainees, and believe it or not, also uh, legal assistance. And in this particular case, as is often the way it is, Americans deployed, fall in love with local nationals, and decide they want to get married. So there is love to be found even in Siberia. There was love to be found in Siberia. So what I'm hearing is it's, it's very similar to what judge advocates were doing in France. They were enforcing good order and discipline through the courts martial process, and they're also acting in their other capacity as legal assistance and in, in uh, fiscal and contract. But what I'm hearing also is that, like you said in our previous episode, they're not really operating or practicing operational law in the way that we think of it today, right? No, that's absolutely true. They're providing advice to commanders, uh, still the same sort of problems, uh, drunkenness, uh, disobedience of orders, um, AWOL, uh, disrespect, and so you're doing courts martial for that. There is a lot of legal assistance, as I said. One thing to mention is that we have the Soldiers and Sailors Civil Relief Act, and that's enacted in World War I. And so there are a number of rights, legal rights and privileges that a soldier gets uh, when he is deployed. And so because it's a brand new law, uh, the judge advocates who are in North Russia and Siberia are interpreting that and deciding how... Uh, it applies. But I would say not really practicing much in the way of operational law. Um, and in, in most cases, I think particularly in North Russia and Siberia in the winter, a lot of it was just surviving. Well, let's back up just a little bit and talk about the legal base for the AEF's intervention in Murmansk and in Vladivostok. So that's actually an interesting point because the Congress declares war on the Central Powers in April 1917, and that provides the legal basis then for an American expeditionary force in France. But when President Wilson decided that he would send U.S. troops to North Russia and to Siberia, there were a number of lawyers, including the Judge Advocate General, General Crowder, who said to the President, I'm not sure, Mr. President, that you have a legal basis for sending troops to Russia or Siberia when Congress only declared war on the central powers, in this case, Germany and Austria-Hungary. Um, Wilson, however, decided uh, that he would gamble, and he believed that probably, regardless of whether or not he truly had legal authority, that he did have powers as the commander-in-chief under the executive branch or Article II of the Constitution, and that gave him the power to deploy troops. And he also thought politically, because he was fighting Bolshevism, or at least that would be how the public would see it, that really no one was ever going to complain. And Wilson was right. No one ever did contest the legal basis for the deployment. Although I think uh, probably there was a legitimate reason to think that 
there was no legal basis. If you fast forward until today, we are very, very careful before we ever send soldiers, sailors, Marines, airmen, Coast Guardsmen uh, on a deployment that we do have a legal basis. We usually look for a UN Security Council resolution or an act of Congress, some sort of legal basis. Well, this has been an interesting wrinkle in the story of judge advocates during the Great War. While not an official endorsement, I think our listeners might find season 11 of Mike Duncan's podcast, Revolutions, very enlightening, specifically episodes 87 through 90. It can give you a broad understanding of the current events surrounding the British and AEF occupations of Murmansk and Vladivostok. Uh, Mr. Bork, do you have any suggestions for further study on this topic? Yes, I think if you wanted to take a look at uh, the AEF experience uh, in North Russia and Siberia, um, I would probably look at the House and Curzon book, which was published in 2019, and that's the Russian Expeditions 1917 to 1920, and that's House, H-O-U-S-E, and Curzon, C-U-R-Z-O-N. The other book you might look at, which is an excellent book by uh, Andy Bertel, B-I-R-T-L-E, U.S. Army Counterinsurgency and Contingency Operations Doctrine, 1860-1941. I know that this book, published by the Center of Military History, is available in a digital format online, and you should look at pages uh, 208 to 218, and he gives you a really good rundown on what Americans were doing in Russia. And both of those sources are cited at the end of the chapter. And again, I'd like to remind you, listener, that you can find a link for the ebook of Judge Advocates in the Great War in the episode description. That's it for this episode. In episode 15, we will explore chapter 5 of Judge Advocates in the Great War, Judge Advocates in post-war France and Germany. The views expressed or implied on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of the United States Army JAG Corps or other organizations with which the participants are associated or by whom they are employed.